Welcome to the Wise Women Diaries podcast. This is where shame and victimhood die. I am a woman that questions everything, so this podcast is a reflection of that. Here we speak on non-mainstream perspectives, like healing our childhood wounds, learning to trust ourselves, the voice of fear versus intuition, and how children are our teachers. We discuss what it looks like to own your power as a woman and step out of the medical paradigm. That's why I am obsessed with interviewing women who trust their bodies and babies in home birth and free birth and their wild journey from maiden to mother. Ultimately, this podcast is for women who want to thrive and have inner peace, learning how to take radical responsibility for their life and shed victimhood for good. I am a mother of two. I'm currently pregnant with my third girl, which is such a blessing within itself. My husband and I met when we were 14 years old, freshman year of high school, and in April we'll be celebrating 18 years together which is also another blessing that I'm very proud of. Um, But with being with someone for more than half our lives, that also comes with a lot of spiritual work. Um, And one thing that we found ourselves um, dealing and grappling with, which is a topic that I think a lot of women and men also struggle with, is porn addiction. I have been with my husband for 18 years, like I said, and it wasn't until 2021, so 16, 15 years in, um, that he had a porn addiction since he was eight years old. Um, And (laughs) that was a huge shock because... I I had no idea and he was so good at hiding it. I you know, I, I expected him to look at porn when we were in college and, you know, dating long distance, but when I'm sleeping in bed next to him every night, I didn't expect him to have this problem. Um and he was so good about hiding it that like I had no it wasn't even in my mind to question what was going on, but I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I feel like a lot of uh, women sometimes don't have the confidence to bring it up to their partner. Um, they might not even know, like kind of like how I was, like completely oblivious, and it causes a lot of damage to to your relationship, to your husband partner's brain. Um, and then also we're raising daughters. So that whole entire dynamic, um, about raising our daughters and then also his like sexual life force energy, which is so sacred in our relationship is just being pushed out to like all these women on the internet that aren't me. Um, and he wasn't bringing that sexual energy into the bedroom and it's been a long journey of healing, um, my own wounds even from like complex PTSD that I have of like not feeling good enough, um, sexual trauma as well. Um, There's been a lot of layers that we have both uncovered through this process. And I'm happy to say that my husband's put in a lot of work to change his ways um, through therapy, microdosing, listening to podcasts, reading books. And he's been extremely dedicated to the change, which I'm like getting emotional about because a lot of men, um, like I'm in some of these Facebook groups with women and they talk about how their man just like lies and doesn't want to change and just says like, well, it's your problem, you're insecure. And he made it about himself and not about like me, which was such a blessing. But it was not an overnight fix. That's for sure. We've been on this journey for three years now. Um, So there's been a lot of healing, a lot of learning and a lot of forgiveness for sure. Yeah, I want I want you to detail what it feels like because it's just so normalized. But if mm-hmm. you're keeping something secret, purposely keeping something secret, that is the biggest red flag there is because it's secret for a reason. There's mm-hmm. shame involved, mm-hmm. you know. And so when a secret is exposed, 
to the level that this was, how, you know, what type of wound did that hit you with? Ooh, good question. Um, I think one of the negative core wounds that I have is not feeling good enough. Um, like why, like I, I have, I have this body. I'm like a living, warm being next to you. Like I, I think I'm an attractive woman. I've got great tits. I have an ass. Like, what about me is not good enough for you to want to like sexually be with me? And and also throughout relationship, like I always felt like, why doesn't my husband want to have sex with me? Like, and so those two things colliding, um, you know, my childhood trauma of not feeling good enough for my parents to pay attention to me or want to spend time with me or whatever. And then, you know, you look to your partner to kind of like heal those wounds, I guess you could say. So I just always felt not good enough. Um, And I actually hired a self-love coach in this process that really helped me garnish like self-love and self-worth for myself because it was at a complete all-time low. Um, when, you know, I would catch him watching porn and then he would say like, oh, I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he would do it over again. And I would just continue to tell myself like, why am I not good enough? But I realized, like you said, there's so much shame that they have and that's why they keep it a secret. And also my poor husband was exposed to porn at eight years old which is so young. He's the youngest of three brothers and he found porn on his, his, from his older brother at eight. And so if you have those images just implanted into your mind at such a young age, it's, it changes your brain. It changes the way that you look at women. It changes the way that you view sex in a woman's body. Um, there's so many layers to it. So yeah, hitting that core wound of like, I'm not good enough is something that I've internally had to work through through this process. Yeah, I love this quote. It says something about nature's design is that it resurfaces these core wounds in us in our marriage, in our relationships, to completely heal it to face it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like this porn addiction, you know, doesn't, it doesn't have to exist, but it does. And since it does exist, there's medicine in it for you and for him. And that's the beauty of, of going, like going full in on a serious issue in a relationship is that there's medicine for both people. Mm -hmm. And the ego wants to do full blame, full blame on the other person. It's your fault. All this is your fault. But because you are here being like, Hey, I want to grow from this. You're that type of person you took, you know, his big secret, his big lie and realized, oh, wow. Okay. Well, there's a little part in this for me. Mm-hmm. It's that I have this huge wound from my childhood. of not feeling good enough. And mm-hmm. this exacerbates it. And mm-hmm. so you then, st- you then stood up and stepped up and you're looking at that wound in yourself. You didn't have to, you could have just been like, no, you're a shitty person. Like you have the secret from me. But And this is a testament to you. And to me, that is like the feminine heart as well, where we want to be better and we want to grow and we want our husband to grow and be better with us. Mm-hmm. Like that's our ultimate, our ultimate all the time is mm-hmm. we can be stronger mm-hmm. from this. Let this, let this be for us. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to take a second to say that nature's design is so perfect with recycling these wounds into our relationship for us to fully face it, fully heal it. And it doesn't mean he he gets off scotch-free. Like heck no. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because I think what I realized is that in my childhood and then in my relationship, it's never about me. It's always about them and their trauma and their bullshit. Um, men use porn to self-soothe, um, stress, financial stress. My husband's mother died when he was 20 and it was traumatic. Um, and so if he's, he tells me like a trigger for him is if he's feeling stressed out, like, of course, an orgasm is like the best feeling thing. You know what I mean? Um, so if it makes sense why men go to that because it's like soothing and then also like 
the mother wound. You know what I mean? It's like that feminine energy. And, um, you know, if him and I are like at odds at each other, then like it's easy for him to like go to another woman on the Internet that's not going to bitch at him about X, Y and Z. And he's she's going to soothe him, um, which is like, oh, so frustrating. Yeah. Porn doesn't take any vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's really easy for a man to go to porn instead of his wife, his mm-hmm. partner. Mm-hmm. Because when you are with a real breathing human, it takes mm-hmm. vulnerability and true int- intimacy. And that is the hardest thing for mm-hmm. any human out there. Mm-hmm. So porn, no, you don't, you don't need to be vulnerable watching porn. And that's why it is, it is the easy, fast drug that a lot of people choose instead of facing that vulnerability and that true intimacy with your partner. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just easy. Mm -hmm. And then it brings shame. But -hmm. when you do the easy, easy, fast choice, there's a consequence to that. And it's shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that's the cycle that keeps everything hidden, right? Because it's like, even if my husband, so just to give everybody like a timeline, right? So I found out that he was watching porn then we had this huge blow up because I was like, dude, this feels like you're cheating on me. Like you're literally getting on your phone, swiping through women, picking out her body part. What does she look like? X, Y, Z. And then, you know, jacking off and having an orgasm to her and then like doing it whenever you want. And it's a secret. It felt like it feels like cheating. And on a like, go ahead. Betrayal secrets Mm -hmm. are a betrayal. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, period. So you're right. Yeah, the betrayal trauma just really ranked up my PTSD like beyond. Um, And and in my family, I have a history, like the generational trauma of women in in my, like the story is men are shit. You can't trust men. They're going to cheat on you. They're going to look over the fence. X, Y, Z. That happened to my grandmother both sides of my grandmother that happened to my mom and then it happened to me. Um, so I really had to not run away at the first or at during this whole process. I mean, it's been like three years. Um, so 2021, we found out it was a huge blow up and then he was like, okay, I'll stop. And then a couple months go by and I found out that he's, you know, hasn't stopped. And then, you know, we go through this whole, so it's been like cycles of months um, up until this past year where I found out he had been lying to me like point blank to my face for six months. And I had given him opportunity after opportunity. And, you know, and my, my husband, it's so crazy because he is an amazing father he is such a supportive husband. He understands my trauma. He gives me a lot of grace. Um, he shows up for our girls. He's such a lover and acts of service. But like, there's this one really big thing that I my my trauma couldn't handle. So at one point, I was like, dude, if you're gonna lie to me like this, like one, I don't know who you are, and two, like I can't mentally be with you because like I'm not showing up for my girls the way that I want to and at this point like they come before you like I cannot have I cannot be this woman in a traumatized state and put like I think that was something that I didn't ever for I'm I'm still working on forgiving my mom for is that like she wanted to desperately desperately be loved and have this relationship so bad that she put herself and us in situations that like weren't okay and I wasn't going to expose my girls to a depressed angry PTSD betrayal trauma mom because they can feel it. So, you know, through that he's really worked with mushrooms to help reprogram his brain, which has been phenomenal. Um, And that required a lot of trust on my end. And that's something that I struggle with is, is trust, you know, after being through this process for, gosh, three years now and getting lied to repeatedly, it's kind of scary. But I know that this work is like deeper and also generationally, like my husband and I, I know that from his trauma on his side and my trauma on my side, like it ends there. It ends with us. Like this is the new relationship and it's like standard that we're setting for our daughters, 
for ourselves. Like I, I am not going according to the story of men are shit. You can't trust them, you know, X, Y, Z, because I know that that's not my husband. Um, even though like my brain and my trauma will tell me that. Um, but I think. No, go ahead. I have something to say after. I think the biggest thing that helped me really give him a lot of grace and compassion is that he was exposed to it at such a young age. Being eight years old and being exposed to like, I'm sorry, tits and people like fucking aggressively and like whatever else he saw like at a very young age, to me, that feels like sexual trauma. Had he been like physically touched and then he developed this like weird sexual thing. And then, you know, I would feel so much empathy for him. But like, why can't I feel empathy for him just because he was exposed to it, which I still think is extremely traumatic for such a young boy. Um, so that's really helped get, give well, allow me to give him grace through this process and forgiveness. Thank you for that, because I was going to touch on that, that mm -hmm. you guys are both committed to being cycle breakers. Mm -hmm. You both have, you know, this trauma from your past. He was exposed as a child. It's so similar. You know, it's different than if you were to have, you know, sexually assault as a child, but it, but it does have this insane effect on the brain and to recognize that is huge. And so, you know, he was out of control at eight years old being exposed to this, but now he's an adult and he's mm -hmm. taking agency right? He's been an adult for a long time, but now he is seeing the damage that it has caused. And he was out of control as a child. He's an innocent child, but now mm -hmm. he's an adult and he wants to break this cycle for you, for your children, mm -hmm. for your child's futures and your children's future relationships because they're going to model what they see. And you mm -hmm. guys know that. But yeah, yeah you... But thanks for hitting on that because you guys both are putting in so much of the work and it takes a lot of energy and a lot of, ooh, everything, but you're committed to being a cycle breaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, grace and forgiveness and just seeing the long term, right? I think that because of my complex PTSD, it, any slight chance of like, if you're going to hurt me, okay, I'm going to put myself so far over here and put up a wall and like, you can't hurt me, but I can't live like that with my husband. I don't want to, I don't want to have this issue that so many people deal with. Um, and like we were talking about earlier, which feels like a spiritual warfare type of thing, be the reason that breaks up my family. Like I just absolutely refuse. And I believe in my husband too. I think that for so long, and also being surrounded by the right people. If you're going through this, there's there might be friends that tell you that your husband isn't shit and he's a liar and he's a piece of shit and you should just leave him X, Y, Z. But if you talk to the right people, you can. they might tell you, you know, this is a real problem. It's at, it, it is an addiction it, in your brain. It's a choice and it's also an addiction um, for some people, which it was for my husband. Um, and if you look at it that way, and if your husband's willing to do the work and take accountability, then there can be a beautiful outcome. Um, but it, it takes two. If, if your partner is... If you bring up, let's say if you bring it up, hey, I we haven't had this conversation before, but I know that you watch porn and I would really like you to stop um, for whatever reason it may be. And if he gets defensive, if he denies it, if he tells you you're crazy and every guy does it, those are all red flags. And if you're listening to this and you are that woman, you you deserve more. Um and I took my husband a while to kind of get there. He wasn't like a huge dick about it, but it was kind of like, oh, well, everybody does it. And I've been doing it for so long and blah, blah, blah. But that's not the case. There's actually a huge movement of men who are rooted in their own sexual power and also like respecting women. Like we are not objects just to be lusted over, um, especially if you have daughters like Oh my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
there's so there there are men out there that so don't let your husband tell you all men do it because that's bullshit it's a cop out and he's not holding himself accountable um there's so many resources and groups out there and if he wants to make the change if he values your marriage respects you and your wishes then he'll make the change. It might take some time and I know it's really fucking hard and you have to realize it's not about you or the way you look, um, but it there can be healing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to touch on that. I feel like a lot of this is coming to a head right now for so many relationships and couples because I do believe the consciousness on the planet is changing. Mm-hmm. And when everyone, not everyone, <laughs> when people are waking up, right? People are conscious parenting now. People are respectful parenting now because people are waking up. We're not living on autopilot anymore. Things are changing. We're looking at our childhood trauma and being like, no, 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 this stops here. We're a cycle breaker. I want to be a cycle breaker. My children are not going to grow up with the trauma that that I did. Mm -hmm. And so right now on the planet, people are becoming more aware and conscious. And what is a natural part in this is conscious sex Mm -hmm. and watching porn is not done out of consciousness Mm -hmm. out of awareness it is it is a behavior you know rooted in in addiction often or just autopilot coping mechanism Mm -hmm. autopilot i feel shitty right now so i need to feel good and how can i feel good boom use porn Mm -hmm. just like just like using junk food um sugar, you know, weed, alcohol. I feel shameful. I feel pain. I feel not good right now. How can I feel good in an instant? Mm, porn, boom, fast. Mm-hmm. That's living on autopilot. And it, it's having no, um, no consciousness in the acts you're doing and, mm-hmm. and no awareness of how your partner feels about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of this is coming to a head because a lot of us are being asked to have conscious sex, mm-hmm. which means using our bodies as life force energy to have the most amazing, vulnerable, intimate moments we could ever have with another human. Mm-hmm. And we're being asked to stop having like junk food sex, like what Kim and Ami says is just like 10 minute boom, done. And you don't feel closer after it. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like a sealed off lack of intimacy sex. And I know me and you are doing the work of having the very intimate sex that is conscious and aware, but scary, Mm -hmm. scary Mm -hmm. because it's fully being seen and it's Mm -hmm. being so fully with someone else and in the way we aren't with anyone else in our life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yeah, there's, there's this way of having autopilot sex and there's this way of having conscious sex and they are worlds different, worlds apart of different. And one requires nah, no intimacy, no vulnerability. And the other is so terrifying with intimacy and vulnerability, which is why a lot of people aren't having conscious sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because porn has basically tainted everybody's view of what sex is. It's like male-centered, you know, like where's the clit? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) men don't know these things or or how to like slowly like warm up your – the woman's body and get her to like fully open into this. Um, and also going back to what you were saying about like the consciousness being raised on the planet. So many of us women are in our full divine power. Like we're reaching that. And if our male counterpart is not stepping up to the plate and realizing like how powerful he is as a creator as well, there's going to be an imbalance. Like you're, you're, you guys are going to be off track. Um, and then also spiritually porn depletes the root chakra and your sacral chakra. So when those, when your root chakra is depleted, like 
they talk about like a weak man is addicted to video games and and porn and and alcohol and and weed whatever it may be when you have those addictions you're not going to have a strong root chakra and that's leaking out one sexual life force energy that should be reserved for your relationship and then two if you want to do shit in life if you want to manifest if you want to bring in money which is all connect it's safety um children right like that's all connected to your root chakra and if they're just like fucking giving it out willy-nilly then like what's sacred in your relationship um so that really was a a hard point for me because it's just like dude you're giving this to all these women for i don't know maybe two minutes or whatever when it's like i'm here and like we can consciously conceive and you know what my past two children have been conceived during this oh fuck I'm gonna like leave your ass moment and then he's like and then we like come back together and I forgive him like my la- this child that I'm pregnant with right now was conceived because we went on a trip and it was like this trip is gonna like save us or we're going to like you know and we like <laughs> TMI but like we like I I was like you pull out sir like I do not we are not trying to get pregnant right now and she came through like I also feel like my spirit babies like my my middle child when I got pregnant with her I heard her say to me I don't want mommy and daddy fighting I don't want mommy and daddy fighting and he worked really hard through that and then now this third pregnancy um We've had, you know, some slip ups here and there with addiction. There's going to be moments where they're not perfect, um, but communication is is the biggest aspect. But, um, you know, it's really beautiful what like these spirit babies can do and how if the man is in his power, will realize like, okay, shit, I have a family that relies on me. Like I I can't be fucking around like this anymore or else I'm going to lose it all. Truly. Yeah. What, what advice do you have about communication? Like if he's feeling a certain way, does he try to come to you and tell you what he's feeling? Like if he has the urge to use porn? Um, we are not quite there yet. Okay. Um, well actually, no, that's, that's not true. So, you know, he travels for work and he'll tell me like, okay, this is like a little bit triggering. Cause I'm going to be alone, like alone time where he's like away from us is, is a, um, is a trigger, but when he's on his trips, like <laughs> the sweet guy is sending me texts like all day long. You know what I mean? He's like, Hey, I'm back at my room. You know, can I FaceTime you? So he's trying to be proactive of like filling his time, um, you know, or just texting me like, Hey, I'm going down for the night. So it's not like, there's no question in my mind. Um, before I left for a trip last year, before we had like one of our, you know, okay, you're actually looking at porn moments. He did tell me, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if I trust myself. Um, and that kind of, you know, ran into him using behind my back. And then I found out about it, yada, yada. I think it's really hard for men, especially like little, they're just little boys inside and they don't want to be in trouble with their parents. And I think that sometimes in the relationship, they think, oh shit, if I tell my wife that I did this and I know that it hurts her so much, what is she going to do? Is she going to leave me? Um, so I think that him getting over that fear is, is, you know, work on his part. And then also on me too, like he said to me, you know, like, well, the way that you react, which is not an excuse. And that's, that is my own trauma. Um, like the way that you react makes it scared for me to be honest with you, which I can completely understand. Right. Like if you, if you tell your parents like, oh shit, I crashed your car and they're going to freak the fuck out. Like, of course you're going to be really scared, but we're not little kids anymore. So I think that that's something that they have to go through. It's, it's so crazy. Like the parent child dynamic, um, the trauma that comes into that. I mean, my husband's, my husband's dad was like abusive, you know what I mean? And like, when I'm in my PTSD state, because I found out shit, like, have I thrown a 
purse at my husband across the room. Yes, I have. Um, so of course that's going to be really fucking scary because I was just traumatized and pissed off and I couldn't believe it. So like, I think those things replay through his mind. Like, okay, if I'm honest with her, like what, what, what's going to come out? Am I going to be in trouble or is she going to be calm? But I have learned to calm my shit and accept and like I might cry, I might get angry, but I'm not like in this full-blown PTSD state because I realize that addiction comes with relapses. Um, but if he's honest about it, then we can move forward and forgive. And and nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? I think you and I talk about this, Leah. It's like he, I might forgive him for one big thing, but he forgives me a lot for like my shitty attitude sometimes, <laughs> especially when I'm pregnant. Um, so there's, you know, it's, there's forgiveness on both sides. Neither of us are perfect. Yeah, because our society often um, takes like the big things like an addiction mm-hmm. or cheating as, you know, wow, you wronged them and you're a shitty person. And it completely doesn't um, – address the partner that says the little daggers behind closed doors, you know, says um, really mean off-tone things, really resentful things to their partner, you know, or throwing throwing your partner under the bus in front mm-hmm. of other people. Like mm-hmm. there's so many ways in which partners can disrespect each other mm-hmm. and you're not building them up. And it's because there's like this deep resentment and anger, you know, bubbling Mm -hmm. underneath. But Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to say that society, you know, labels these people that do these big mistakes in marriage, whereas there's usually a partner that is, you know, cutting down the other partner, throwing them under the bus in little, little ways, like death by a thousand cuts, Mm -hmm. little ways, Mm -hmm. tone, attitude, reactivity every day Mm -hmm. or every other day. Right. And it's consistently. So I just, yeah, like we all need more grace and more empathy because we all have trauma mm-hmm. that we're trying to work through as an adult to be a new person. Like we're all trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. None of us are <laughs> immune to having bullshit that we have to work through and face and own and not like shy away from. And for me, it's... uh I mean, one, when I'm pregnant, my hormones are just like raging and like I'll, I'll have mood swings and that means I like might shut down or be very short or, um, be like hypercritical of like silly little things in the house where, you know, if he comes home from work all day and then like I'm in a pissed off mood and then like I'm critiquing everything that he does, like that's not, that's, that's not fun to be around and and I own it and I apologize and he gives me grace and I give and, him grace. And you don't want to be intimate with the person that yeah. is very critical of you cutting you down. And that's mm-hmm. the dynamic my husband and I have had. And that's what we've worked on is, and that's like that, that mother little boy dynamic, which I think mm-hmm. is very common mm-hmm. where if a woman is overly critical of her husband and none of this is like, um, I'm not saying women are to blame for a man's porn addiction. Yeah. Like, no. like just our shit. Yeah. This is radical responsibility. Yes. This is radical responsibility because when you're in a partnership, there is roles and responsibilities on both sides. Mm-hmm. And if you are a woman that is highly critical of your man and cutting him down and saying, why didn't you do this? And why did you do that, that this way? Mm-hmm. Critical, critical, critical. He feels like this beaten down little boy and mm-hmm. he does not want to be intimate with that critical mother, mother mm-hmm. figure that you're being. No, mm-hmm. no. He wants to feel like a man. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? He's like, you got to stroke his ego, which yeah. sounds cringy to people. But, but what do you want? What do yeah. you want as a woman? Mm-hmm. You want to be adored. You mm-hmm. want to be adored. So do they. Yep. If he was critical of you, oh, why are you wearing that? Why didn't you do this today? Would you want to be intimate with them? No. You guys, we're all human. We're all human. We all want to be adored. We mm-hmm. all want more compassion. Mm-hmm. We all want more empathy. 
Mm-hmm. Like we're not that different from an, from each other. Mm-hmm. The the one thing though, I think with porn addiction, that's really hard to understand is when they keep lying, when yeah, all you honest. want is honesty and they don't understand that, that you could, you can move the needle with honesty. Yeah. I think that's probably the hardest. What can you say to that? I know that's the hardest part for you. Oh, man, that is the hardest part because I feel like so there's a few things, right? My intuition as a woman has been completely tainted and taken away because, for example, this most recent moment that we've had, um, I found out that he had been lying to my face for six months straight. And they, we like we had weekly we have weekly check ins where which is like super important if you're not doing this in your relationship I highly recommend but like on Wednesday nights we just like touch base and we're like hey like you know how are things going this week are you struggling like what can we work better on and he'll be proactive um and be like hey it's Wednesday like let's have a check-in tonight which is that's like such a green flag um but we were having weekly check-ins and I was asking him and um, he'll never listen to this podcast. So I'll just say how I caught him. I had an inkling and I was like, Hmm. So I said, I'm downloading the Cox data and the T-Mobile data. And if I find anything that you haven't shared with me, I'm going to be really upset. I never downloaded the data. I never checked it. I used it as a threat because I knew that if I had hard evidence, he couldn't get away with shit. And so he fucking spilled the beans. And I honestly think at this point I went into like such I don't even think I was like traumatized and mad. I was just like, wow, like, I mean, I probably said like you really fucked up this time, dude. But that going back to my intuition, like every single time that I asked him, my I intuitively knew something was going on, but he would just deny, 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 deny if I didn't have anything hard. Um, So him removing my intuition or me him. It wasn't that he removed it. It's that he made me not trust my own intuition. And that is so damaging. I think that's really pissed me off the most because it's like, I'm an extremely intuitive woman. I know shit. I just, I just know things. So now when I get that inkling and I'm like, something feels off and like, is it fear or is it intuition? And I was holding, I was asking him like, you know, Hey, you've been acting differently. I've been puking for 24 weeks. Like we haven't been really intimate, you know, like what's going on. And, you know, there's some gray areas that we've talked about. Like my husband and I have been together for 18 years. I know that he's had sexual experiences with other people. Does he use that as like a memory to go to? Yeah. Does it hurt my feelings? Yes. But is it like the worst fucking thing in the world? No. Because like I said, I might have been a huge fucking bitch that day and he doesn't want to be intimate with me. So is he going to go back to like some girl that he hooked up with in college? You know what? Go for it. But if you're like looking at, you know, stuff on the internet or Reddit or YouTube, Twitter, like there's so many ways for men to access porn. Ladies, if you're listening to this, just to give you a heads up, um, then yeah, there's there's different ways for them to go about doing things. So we have kind of had to come to agreements with like what's acceptable and what's not. Because like, am I fantasizing about other people when I pleasure myself? Maybe. But that's just natural and it's that's just what works out in our relationship. So you have to figure out what works for you and, and what doesn't. And I think that's kind of like one of the things that I'm just like, you know what, this is your private time, whatever you want to think about, as long as you're not like fucking messaging them or like looking at their pictures on Instagram, then like, I don't care about the chick who gave you head in your dorm in college. Fucking go for it. <laughs> yeah. And it's through our conversation a while ago that you made me realize, oh, some guys can just look at Instagram photos uh-huh. and do things. And it's yeah. like, and it's like, okay, is that, is that okay? Like, I don't know. Like everyone has to have these boundaries themselves because you really have to go inwards. You know, mm-hmm. is, is your husband using girls on Instagram, you know, looking at girls on Instagram, okay for you? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to tell you whether that's okay or not. 
internally you will feel whether that's okay or not. And yeah. then you and your husband have to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was a no for me. So if you are listening to this and you feel like, I don't want any woman, woman thinking that they're insecure for not wanting their man to watch porn because that's not yeah. the case at all. Like yeah. if you have a, a woman's body is not to be objectified and um, that's how society has taught us to be. So like for me, looking at chicks on Instagram is an absolute no because you're like, I don't know, fantasizing about like some some random chick and then and then it escalates it really goes from there um my husband doesn't get on social media just as like a protector for himself like he's had to put up a lot of barriers for himself um which is another green flag which i absolutely love and admire and respect um you know men are sneaky if they really want to hide shit so i mean addicts are yeah addicts are yes 100 percent my husband's not sneaky. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for correcting that. That's that's not a good generalization for me to say. Addicts are sneaky. Could be women too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you say a few a few green flags? Because for your situation, it sounds like, you know, and I know that you guys have like five steps forward and then three steps back. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, things are better than they were. And so mm-hmm. there is always that forward progress, but with addiction, you know, like you're really, your husband's doing a lot of brain re- rewiring mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'll answer your question, but on the brain rewiring, rewiring really quick, my husband's been using um, psilocybin to basically help with this. And there's been studies shown that psilocybin helps rebuild neural pathways in your brain. So whether it's through large doses, macro doses where he's, you know, taken like two grams, or he actually prefers to microdose. So it's like a small dose every single day that helps him stay on track and it rebuilds those new neural pathways um, that addiction really messes up. Um, If you look at like the porn addiction brain, it's fucked. It's so sad to see how much it shrinks, like the gray matter, your frontal lobe is just completely like destroyed and mushrooms really help that. And also it helps you generate new patterns of thinking where he is just like, you know, maybe in the past he would have thought, oh, my wife's just being like a bitch because she doesn't want me to do this versus now he sees like the like spiritual aspect of it. He realizes that like he's got daughters that look up to him and admire him and he doesn't want to set that example for them and their future relationships X, Y, Z. So um, that's something. A green, lots of green flags that I would consider is one that they're like, okay, what can I do? Are they looking for a therapist on their own? Are they reading books? Are they listening to podcasts? Um, my husband, he like has a term for it. It's called, um, being like being, oh, what is it? Something about being proactive, um, basically where like, where he calls me, right. Or he has these weekly check-ins or, um, proactive reassurance. That's what it's saying. Like before he leaves on a trip, Hey, I know that, you know, when I leave and I travel, it's really triggering for you. I just want you to know, like, I'm, I'm thinking about you and I'm going to be good and I'll call you and like, maybe send me some pictures or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? He's like actively trying to make sure that he knows that like, he's conscious about what's going on. Um, But I think having your husband take an active role, if you're signing up for therapy, if you're, you know, leading the charge and doing all these things and you're just like, like dragging him along by his collar, like, come on, little kid, you need to do this to be worthy of my love. And that's not it. He, he has to be the one that realizes that like, this is his own problem and he needs to do the work within I actually reached out to this guy on Instagram and I was like, hey, like, I'd love for you to talk to my husband or like, how can we get involved? And he emailed me back and he said, your husband needs to be the one to reach out. And I was like, damn, you're fucking right, dude. So (laughs) 
So um, it has to be him. And, 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 and I think one thing that my husband says, like, he's like, I always feel like it's just on me. Well, he's like, I feel like I, I, I need your support too, which I never really understood that. I was like, what is your fucking problem? Like, figure it out, dude. But then when I like, you know, would read an article and share it with him or like ask questions about things or, uh, you know, just try to be more involved instead of like you figure it out or like attend therapy together with him. Before I was like, oh, you need to go to therapy because it's your thing. And like, you know, we would go to therapy sessions together. Um, you know, you just can't be his mommy through the process. That's yep. the biggest thing. Yeah. Yep. Mm hmm. Yeah, that mommy little boy dynamic is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially because I'm the oldest daughter and I had to like take care of my siblings. So like I've been a mom since I was like nine years old um, and he's the youngest son. So he's the baby, you know, so that dynamic is just like crazy within itself, um, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to. Um, yeah, yeah, that's how it brings up the mother wound because mm -hmm. he keeps feeling like he keeps disappointing the mother, mm -hmm. like, and he doesn't want to get in trouble with the mother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's this little boy dynamic of, you know, doing something bad and then feeling shame and not wanting to get reprimanded by the mother. And it's this, you know, our marriages are this reenactment from our childhood. Mm -hmm. They are. And mm -hmm. they're, pur they're purposely that way to heal what we lived through in our childhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My husband and I have that dynamic too. Like he doesn't have porn addiction, but we, I'm, I'm this like critical mother and he's like this little boy. So then it makes him very passive. Mm -hmm. So then that's how we have this epidemic of women, you know, that were, that were wronged by the man, by the male that have this masculine shield. And then they're ultra independent and you know they're being the mommy to this little passive little boy man mm -hmm. and we chose that man mm -hmm. because of that mm -hmm. because we want to be that um, masculine shield independent feminine woman mm -hmm. and so we chose that passive man that little boy that broken little wounded little boy because we wanted to run their show to some level mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you wake up to that, now like we're we are rewiring all of that. How can mm -hmm. I be in my feminine fully surrendered and trusting? Being in my feminine, being in your feminine is trusting the masculine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where all of this comes to a head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that trust isn't there in so many relationships, right? Um, I have my own trust issues and I want to talk about in the bedroom with trust because mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about this. Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about when a woman is not respected and catered to in the bedroom, mm -hmm. where it takes most women like 30 minutes just to warm up, mm -hmm. just to get a slow boil, just to start warming up to be like, oh, wait, I do want this. It could take 30 to 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Men, it could take one minute. Boom. He's ready. One minute. Mm -hmm. Us women, it can take so long. Mm -hmm. And is our man willing to go there for us? And are mm -hmm. we willing to be centered in that way? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to be centered and receive to get to that slow boil, to get warmed up, to then want to have sex? Because what happens with a lot of relationships especially with porn addiction is men can't last long they can't mm -hmm. go the distance and women are never fulfilled in the end mm -hmm. because the man cannot last so the man orgasms and then the woman has not been you know centered or serviced at all she has not even been considered usually yeah and when a woman is just starting to get a warm, you know, like warmed up and like, okay, wait, wait, I, I think I might be into this now. Boom. He can, he can orgasm and mm -hmm. it could feel like the rug is pulled out from underneath us. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is trust issues mm -hmm. that we can't trust our man to go the distance for us. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And these are trust issues in the bedroom that a lot of people have and they're not talked about. Mm-hmm. Because then we're like, wow, like I, I can't even trust you to go the distance for me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of men cannot last because they have porn addiction issues. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get addicted to the screen. And so then when it comes to feeling like a real woman or having the like longevity of like having to sustain an erection for that long, um, it's it's hard for them. That was the uh, – what you were talking about like how – men just like have sex and then they finish and then women aren't considered. I was left feeling like unsatisfied in bed for a very fucking long time. And I never understood why. And it's like, dude, what about me? Like you are going to roll over in bed and be fine. And I'm still here. Like the blood is flowing to my vagina and I'm just like unsatisfied. And then also if any women have experienced sexual trauma like I did. I was a little girl and taken advantage of by two older boys. And then I didn't realize that it was hitting on my sexual trauma of like my body just feeling completely used. And that was a huge, huge thing. And when it would bring up fights for us too, because I was like, dude, you're just used. Like I I feel used. I, I feel gross. I feel like you're not even considering me, just like you said. Um, so another green flag, like <laughs> my husband's like, okay, like we would like, you know, start to get intimate after we've like healed like the porn thing. And, you know, like we've been together for a really long time, but because like of the whole porn thing, like exploring my body in like new ways is something that's like kind of new to him. So he'd like, he's like, I just want to get it right. Like he would stress himself out like in bed and be like, wait, no, you get off first. And it's like, oh my God, stop trying to like plan this so perfectly. Like he was so focused on my pleasure that I was like, can we just like do what we normally do? And like, I'll get there. But he was like, no, 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 wait, like let's use this toy. And then he's like, my fingers are vibrating. Like it's like this, this, he's like, my fingers are numb now. And it just like takes out like the fun of it. You know what I mean? Because my vibrator is just like, zzz, and he's not used to it. Um, yeah, you just, I, you just, you just want it to be a fun exploration, yeah. not yeah. some, you know, checklist. <laughs> yeah, but he was so hyper focused. He's like, no, I want to like please you, and you know all this stuff. So, yeah, that definitely triggers sexual trauma for sure. I, I felt used, and we had to really get through that because. He is like, oh, my God, like, I would never want you to feel like you felt after being, like, sexually abused when you were, like, you know, five years older, however, however old I was. Um, so we had to really work through that. And I, I had to work through that as well. And, you know, sometimes it's fast sex and it happens. And then sometimes it's, you know, that beautiful, glorious, like you know, 30, 45 minutes and we're like having fun and doing all of the things. Um, so it just, it just comes in waves, but yes, the trust aspect, um, is, is really big because you have to trust that they're going to consider you and not just like hitting quit it kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's hard though, because we're really wired as females to be polite and pleasing. And so, a lot of women betray their body. And this was me. This was me for 15 years. If I wasn't warmed up and ready, I would betray my body that my body was saying no, no. Mm -hmm. And I would betray my body and be like, fine, we can have sex. Yeah. My body didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And that's how I betrayed myself in Mm -hmm. order to please him. Mm -hmm. And now I will never betray my body. If if you want to have sex, then we are doing the full, full mm-hmm. hour. Like it's going, it's it's all or nothing now. I will yeah. not betray my body. Mm-hmm. I will not. And that's like a promise to myself, but that's like also responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's me taking responsibility with my own self, my own body. And mm-hmm. I won't be um polite and pleasing. Once in a while, I'll be like, fine, I'll give you this gift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> But no, it's 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 just more magical than I could have ever imagined because we put this consciousness into sex. 
Mm-hmm. I actually have a story about that, um, like betraying my body. I would have – so let me back up a second. I uh, During this like porn addiction journey, it was like about a year and a half ago, um, you know, we he had like had a slip up or whatever and like it had been a little bit of time between like us being intimate and then my mind starts going like, okay, like is he going to be watching porn? And, and then I would say like I don't really want to have sex but I'm going to like initiate it so that I stop him from watching porn. And every single time I did that, I would have bleeding, uh, random bleeding after. And I think I told you this. I was like, my body does not want to be betrayed or used for control. I was using sex to try and control my husband and then I would bleed. And I haven't had that issue until I haven't had that issue since I stopped like and I'm like respecting my womb and my space and my cervix. Um, because I'm like, my body was telling me like, you're not going to use me to control someone else. Um, you know, there's obviously, I'm sure there's scientific reasons that people would say I was randomly bleeding, but I know that that was my body saying like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, no, no. I, I have my own bleeding story that I want to share because it's so powerful. Mm. I've, I've never bled after sex ever. Mm. Then Last fall, I had my first cervical orgasm, which is life changing. <laughs> life changing. It it's changed my life. Like you literally see God. Yes. Uh, and it, and and it only happened because I can fully trust and surrender my body to my husband now, and we have this amazing playfulness and everything. But. The three times probably since then that we have had sex and I and my pelvic floor wasn't 100% open because mm-hmm. there was like a time constraint like, hey, I really have to go somewhere. So my pelvic floor didn't fully open. And there's a huge distinction between when your your pelvic floor is fully open mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Your man can feel it if you're in tune. Like my husband can feel when I'm fully open or not. Mm-hmm. It's actually so magical. But anyways, these like three different times that I wasn't fully open, I bled after sex. Mm-hmm. My body is literally speaking to me and mm-hmm. was like, I wasn't fully ready. I wasn't yep. fully open. And that's never happened in, in 17 years until last year. Yeah. That's insane. Yes. It's like our bodies are getting wise, more wise as we age and then yeah. she's going to tell you. And and if you're having pain after sex too, I was having pain in my pelvic floor because I wasn't fully open, like you were saying, and like you know, like yep. I'm getting penetrated in ways that it's like my my pelvic floor wasn't relaxed. So yeah, I I, I resonate with that story too. So if you're listening, ladies, your body is so 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 intelligent. So pay attention to her and and respect her because she will tell you when she's not being fully fully respected and treated the right way. Yeah, it's really, it's just, I'm happy we're talking on this because it's such a reclamation of your own relationship with your body. Mm -hmm. You know, getting in communion communion with her as well as your husband. Mm -hmm. Because once you become aware of your body and your womb and your pelvic floor and your vagina, you can feel when you are having sex and you're not 100% open. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're a little bit closed, like mm-hmm. all of this becomes so easy to feel and understand and know and see once you start doing this work of being in real relationship with your body and your womb. And it's, it's beautiful. It's so mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I could talk about this forever. <laughs> yes. But I feel like women are so disconnected from their bodies. They're just like, oh, like maybe we just had rough sex. Well, like, yep. yeah, y- you did. But there's a reason why, you know what I mean? Because if you were open, it wouldn't feel like rough, you know? Yep. And you wouldn't bleed after. So pay attention. Yeah, because because if you are so fully open, you could be as rough as possible and it won't matter because Mm. your body is made to sustain that when it's so fully open and soft. Yep. And you'll lubricate the way that you need to. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. If you're using – if you're using lube – you are not being warmed up in the way that you should be. But I will have, I do have one thing to that. Postpartum, we need a little bit of help. 
is dry like the Sahara Desert. If you're, especially if you're breastfeeding, I will, I will say that like a little bit of coconut oil goes a long way. But yeah, if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're like five minutes in, like of course you're gonna need lube. But it, like if like Leah, well, yeah, saying, but you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be having sex if you're five minutes no. in. Like no, but if it's a quickie and you're like, oh, the ki- when you have kids, it's a different story. Okay, I'm gonna just say this. Okay, my daughter will be like, mom, I need a snack, and we're like, fuck, we just want to get this done and our kid is banging at the door <laughs> no I, I no I, yeah. I get that but like um yeah. I mean my my but sexual story is different sense. than yours and like yeah I like I just I have a promise to myself and my husband now also yes. just knows the difference like yeah. we just can't do the quick thing because it's there's just nothing in it for us, like spiritually yeah. at the end yeah. compared yeah. to, but yeah, I mean, energy's a thing. Time's a thing, you know, like we all yeah. live lives. <laughs> we all have kids who want to snack at, you know, nine 30 at night when they should be in fucking bed. Oh my God. Oh, this is like the saddest story. She's like banging on the door and she's like, mommy, daddy, I couldn't find you. And we're over here like animals. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But that is when lube calls or breastfeeding moms. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Um I do I do want to say one thing about the lube thing because I feel like it's normalized. I love listening to Kim Anami's podcast, Orgasmic mm-hmm. Enlightenment. And from my personal experience and what she said, it's like if you're consistently reaching for it, mm-hmm. you are not boiling up. Yes. And open to have sex Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you will be lubricated when Uh you are open like that is the biology of the human body and so Mm -hmm. if you're bypassing and using lube then you're not putting the work in for the pelvic floor to fully open and maybe you could be having sex at your husband's pace and you maybe need to talk to him about like hey i want to slow things down and like let's try to you know not use lube this time or whatever because like you're saying you will fully lubricate when the time is ready so maybe that's just an uh an invitation for you and your partner to to have different a a different way of sex because if you like you and I have been in relationships for so long sometimes you kind of get caught in the routine so it's just something to consider. Well, yeah, we we had routine sex for like 16 years and mm-hmm. now we've been having conscious sex for a year and everything's different. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what we were doing for 16 years. It's really sad. <laughs> it's really yeah. sad. Like, yeah. but we weren't, we weren't vulnerable with each other mm-hmm. those 16 years. Like we mm-hmm. were sealed off in, mm-hmm. in some way. And so our marriage is 10 times better because we can actually be intimate and vulnerable, like vulnerable with each other. And then your can whole sex changes. Yeah. What did you, how did this like come about? Like, did you, did you say like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore? Like, how did you go from like having like your sex that you had for 16 years and then going into like an hour long? Because there, I'm sure people are listening that are like, that's me. Like I've been having the same sex for so long and like, oh, I just want something so different. So what, how did you, get there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a natural course of becoming conscious, right? So if I'm mm. conscious in all these other areas of my life but I'm not in the bedroom, that's mm. a missing link. And mm-hmm. it was just like a natural evolution on I don't like morning sex. Mm-hmm. It's quick. You know, kissing's like weird because it's morning breath. Yeah. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I would betray my body and just do it for him. Mm. And I put in my first boundary like two years ago saying no more morning sex. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That changed everything because then work had to be like energy had to be involved. Mm -hmm. Energy. Mm -hmm. Not just like this quickie morning thing. Mm -hmm. Later in the day, then it actually became like a beautiful ritual where Mm -hmm. time and energy was put in. And yeah, we don't have kids. But I mean, on Kim and Ami's podcast, people are, are parents and they have two-hour sex dates like they're doing it somehow Shit. You, you figure out a way if it's important to you you know yeah <laughs> i'm gonna text my husband and be like we're going on a sex staycation after this yeah <laughs> i need hour-long blissful sex so i will report back <laughs> yeah so for me it was putting in my first body boundary which is so funny because um 
I was the critical mother outside the bedroom. But then Mm. inside the bedroom, I was the polite, pleasing little maiden, which worked for some bit. Like Uh it worked because there was still that polarity. Like he could be his full manly self in the bedroom. So that polarity was there. But then I was like, oh my God, I'm betraying my body. Mm -hmm. Like my body's saying, no, you're closed, you're tight. Mm -hmm. And I would say yes to him. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. stopped feeling good. I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a very slow, amazing, amazing progression. And now it's just beautiful because he's like, oh, junk food sex sucks. He's like, mm-hmm. what were we doing? Mm-hmm. And like the last time we had it, like a month or two ago, he's like, that was so bad. <laughs> because there's nothing to it. There's yeah. no intimacy. There's no vulnerability. There's no energy created. Like, gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I hope that the women that are listening to this feel so like empowered to pay attention to their bodies because I feel like we, for so long, and and because of porn, right, even objectify ourselves. Yep. We're like, oh, my husband wants to have sex. I guess I'll do it. Like, no, you're not a sex doll. Yeah. You're equally yeah. in in your pleasure is 100% like valued and and should be attuned to. So, you know, don't be afraid to speak up about porn and don't be afraid to set boundaries with your body when it comes to sex, whether it's no morning sex or I'm not gonna like you're not gonna come inside. You're not gonna be inside of me. No penetration until like I get off. That's kind of like our rule. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say something like that too, is my, my rule now is I will not let him enter me unless Mm. I'm begging for it. Mm. And that's how I know that I've been warmed up. And it's literally the best thing ever because the anticipation Mm. is the best part. Yeah. Yeah. So now I have, we have this rule together. Like I'm not sitting there dominating sex. I have these body, body boundaries. I'm like literally speaking up for my body but it mm-hmm. now made everything better because now like when I'm begging for him to have sex with me because he's warmed me up so much, mm-hmm. it's, it's just 10 times more amazing because of the body boundary. Oh my God. And you're probably like so open and ready and you're right. You yes. don't need to reach the lube at that point because you're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how all of us goddesses should be treated, right? Like your man wanting to please you like is truly the hottest thing ever. Oh, the best thing ever. And then it shifts the whole porn dynamic because it's all it's all about the men, you know what I mean, in, in porn. And it's just going completely against what they've been taught. And so now now to fully receive that is like, oh, the hottest thing ever. Like it's it's so hot. <laughs> yeah, like we're learning so much about our bodies. We're mm-hmm. learning how long it takes us to get warmed up. We're learning all this, but they're learning too because I mean, I didn't know so much until like two years ago about my own body, but, but he didn't know either. And, Mm -hmm. and men, if they're really exposed, exposed to porn, like they like actually think women could just like come in five minutes. Maybe some probably can, but most Mm -hmm. women cannot. Mm -hmm. So men don't even know, and we have to teach them. And it's like the best learning experience together, a beautiful journey. And it's true intimacy too. You know, it's not just like recreating something that they've watched, like a scene over and over again. You know what I mean? Like their favorite go to. It's yep. like, you know, they're learning your body, they're learning what you respond to. Like, even like physical touch, he'll be like, okay, do you like this or do you like that? And I'll tell him, like, no, do it this way. And then he remembers that for next time. So, just learning your your bodies in a new way is such a beautiful gift too. 